We're talking about divine healing. Now, as we talk about these principles, they work in every, in every area. But we've been talking for the last two weeks about the same thing. Now, last Wednesday, obviously, Pastor Hagen was here. We had just this great conference. So now we're just going to kind of jump back into this again. There's some things that I have on my heart. But turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 14. We kind of started out here. And this is a story about Jesus at Jacob's well, right, uh, in Samaria, and his interaction with a Samaritan woman reveals, reveals something really interesting to us. It says in verse 14 of John chapter 4, But whosoever drinks of the water, this is Jesus talking to this lady, Whosoever drinks of this water that I shall give him, wow, shall, that he will never thirst. Think about that. Never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And we, we talked a lot about that in week one, everlasting life. What is this talking about? It's talking about salvation. You could say everlasting life. You could say salvation. You could say eternal life. And we looked very clearly at the redemptive chapter. Isaiah 53 broke some of this down. And we saw that the benefits of salvation, we've been redeemed from spiritual death. We've been made righteous. We've been redeemed from poverty and lack, right? On the cross, Jesus was made poor so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich or have a full and overflowing supply. We were, were, where were we redeemed from spiritual death? On the cross, right? He was made to be sin so that we would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that, right? And then it also talks about, in that Isaiah 53 chapter, it says, surely he's borne our sickness and carried our pain. It goes on to say at the end of this interaction that, and with his stripes, we are healed. And then in Matthew 8, 17, Jesus said, they brought unto him all these sick people, people uh, vexed with demons, and he healed them all, that the, in the Greek language, that the fulfilling might begin, which was spoken of by Isaiah, and then he quotes Isaiah 53, Right? He bore our infirmities, carried our sicknesses. And then we see in 1 Peter 2.24, Peter looking back to redemption says, by whose stripes you were healed. So we understand that everything has been provided for us on the cross. So everlasting life, eternal life, salvation, it includes righteousness, it includes provision, and it includes healing. So then we jump back and we go to Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3, and Isaiah said this, Behold, God is my salvation. It's the Hebrew word Yeshua. It literally means he's my salvation, he is my deliverance, he is my prosperity, he is my victory, right? It goes on to say he's my security and he is my health and healing. He's my Yeshua. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. 
the word song in the Hebrew language, he's not only my strength, but he is my praise. Right? Look at how intimate this is. Behold, God is my salvation. He is my strength. He is my praise. He is, and then it says it again, he's also become my salvation. And then verse 3. Therefore, because of that, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells, plural, of salvation. Wow. Wells. There's a well of righteousness, right? There's a well of healing. There's a well of provision. There's wells inside of you, but to draw, you draw in joy. And that's why Satan is going to try to get you to Get your eyes off what God says and get your eyes on what's going on in your body, what's going on on the outside for the purpose of stealing your joy, right? This is, this is if a Christian is, it loses their joy and they're not, or I should say this, they're not stirring up the joy that's on the inside of them, they can't draw from the well of salvation. Joy is the manner that we draw out. Faith and joy, if you study these principles, they're inseparable, right? In Proverbs 15, verse 23, it says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Is that talking about two different things? No. No, no, it's not. If you look at an aerial view of Jesus' life when he was on this earth, whenever he encountered a circumstance that was contrary to what the word of God said, he would always answer it, right? To a fig tree, it says he answered the fig tree. Well, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. So something happens in your life and you need to answer that. You're going to have joy based on how you answer that. Why is this happening to me? No joy. Right? He always causes me to triumph. He always gives me the victory. His joy is my strength. I'm going over and not under. Oh, yeah, that's joy right there. You start speaking. You answer the circumstance like that with the word of God, and it will stir up the joy of the Lord that's already in you. It's one of the fruit of your spirit. And I'm telling you, it'll come out and that joy will be your strength. Right? This is so very important. And a word spoken in due season. What, what does this mean? Well, listen, when a circumstance jumps up in your life, you want to have a word. In, in, right? You want to have a, a word, the right word in due season. How good is it? Why is it so good? Because it stirs up joy, which enables me to draw from the well. Guys, we're giving you the answer right now why a lot of people are not laying hold of what God has given them. This series is called How, Do you, Re How you Receive Your Healing. So now we kind of finished with this, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, we're talking, we're going to begin to start talking about how that we have to hold fast to the confession of our faith. 
Our mouth, our words are so important. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So very important. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, let us hold fast. That means to seize hold of the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For he is faithful that promised. Right now in your life, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, your great redeemer is watching over his word to perform it. Well, how is he going to see his word when it's coming out of your mouth? If wrong things are coming out of your mouth, he has nothing to perform because he would have to violate your will to perform it and he can't violate your will. But what pleases God is faith. Why? The reason why is because God wants you to have everything that you need in every situation of life. He wants you to be victorious and walk in all that he's provided for you in his son, right? So this is why faith pleases him. Let us hold fast the profession. It's the Greek word homo logeo. It literally means to say the same thing. Let us hold fast to saying the same thing that God says. Right? So if he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of my might, then I can't say I'm weak. That's why we sing, let the weak say they're strong. Let the poor say they're rich. Let the blind say they can see. Let the sick say that they are healed. Why? Because God said, Psalm 10720, I past tense sent my word and present tense healed you. Right? By whose stripes you were healed. So we asked the question during this series, so when are you going to believe that you're healed? When you see it in your body? No, 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 no. You got to believe it in order to see it in your body. But your job is not to get it to work in your body. That's Jesus' job. The, actually, the Word of God, who is Jesus, will perform that. We have to say the same thing. What is faith? Faith is believing in your heart and speaking what you believe in your heart out of your mouth. The Bible says if you'll do that, you'll have what you say. Right? Well, what do you believe in your heart? Only the word of God. So let's keep going with this. See, a spiritual law that you have to recognize is your confession rules you. Satan knows that. That's why he messes with you, to try to shut your mouth or get you to say wrong things. Your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. It can't. Another way to say that is your faith cannot rise above you, the level that you say the same thing that God said. Right? Nothing will establish and build your faith as quickly as your confession. I'm telling you, you want to not have a bad day? You want to, when you're not having a good day, 
change that and start having a good day, your mouth can lead you right into that. And nothing will build your faith faster than your confession. I'm telling you, just try this. Go listen to this message. Go listen to it three times. And, and it'll be good because it's the word. But then listen to it a fourth time. And every time something is said that you can say, stop it and say it. By the end of that fourth time, you will have grown five times more than you did the other three times. When you're reading the word, oh, read, read your chapter in the New Testament. I hope you are. Read the word of God, right? If you're serious about this thing, read, this, read about 12 chapters a day. If you're facing something very serious in your body, you, you need to be reading the word all the time. But this is how you read it. You read it out loud. And when something hits you, you confess it out loud two or three times before you keep going. It will change. You'll get fanatical like me. Real quick. You know why? Because you already are fanatical on the inside. A lot of you are very fanatical on the outside. Call me anything. Don't call me normal. Right? I'm peculiar. And that doesn't mean, you know, in our charismatic circles, that doesn't mean weird. That word means purchased. We're a peculiar people. That means we're purchased and we're surrounded. Now, man, I'm a tongue talker, and I believe in the gifts of the Spirit and all this stuff, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. He's powerful. Right? God can be no bigger in you than you confess him to be. So do you realize, I mean, think about what I just said there. God, how big is he? He says, I am that I am. I am everything that you could ever possibly need, but I'm also El Shaddai. I'm the God of more than enough. So think about that. You choose how big your God is by the words of your mouth. Wow. Our confession builds a bridge over which faith carries the blessings of God into this natural realm to us. We said that before. The word of God. This is something the Lord just spoke to me a few weeks ago now. He said, Tony, my word will heal you if you'll continually confess it. And I'm just like, wow, that's, that's a major thing. I'm telling you, churches like ours, where we teach this stuff, yeah, we, do. We, we should be constantly having to believe God for bigger buildings because people need this, yeah. right? And, and it's like, it's not, it, I, I can't wait till it changes from, hey, you got to come hear our pastor, man, the word is really good here, you know, to, hey, you're going through something right now physically, you, you need to be at Faith Family Church because God heals people. You know, and, and, and we have this story and that story and this story and that story, right? I mean, that's the way your life should be. Everything in your life that is not lining up with what the Word of God says right now, do you realize all of heaven is ready, ready? 
You have your answer. It's already yours. It's in you. It's in the well. You just got to draw it out and Jesus will perform it. And through faith, it'll come right into this realm. Isn't that good news? The confession of your lips that is grown out of the faith that's in your heart will defeat the adversary in every battle, every circumstance, everything that you'll ever face. Isn't that good news? You know, when I was saying that, I, I, I thought about years ago, a pastor said to me, you mean to tell me you lay hands on people? Hello. They're like, what? What if, what if they don't get better? Now, when you walk by faith, you're kind of like, why would you say that? Because you're not, he's the healer. And I'm never looking to myself, but that statement reveals an individual who is basing their results on themselves. I'm so glad he keeps me, right? He is my healer. He is my provider. All this stuff, I don't have to stress, right? So confession, homo logeo, to say the same thing. Now this takes humility because you're going to have to humble yourself to say the same thing that God says. Here's a big area. Father, I thank you that I'm righteous. That still stirs some old religious cobwebs up in me. Does it you? You know, when you, because it's easy now, if you, if you lead somebody to Christ, you're like, well, I'm righteous. Well, whatever. No, because what happens when you blew it, right? That's when God's going, come on. Tell me who you are, right? You'll have to humble yourself to say the same thing that God says. Here it is. Instead of saying what you feel. Pastor, don't start talking about feelings. Don't feelings try to, they try to control your speech. Don't let your, your feelings, man. They're not made to lead you, right? The world system will try to program you to speak based on what you perceive with your senses, that you you grew up in this, right? But we can't let that happen. Why? Because it's very true. What you look at, you will begin to look to, and it will become your source, right? The world system, it's designed, it's designed to create fear and unbelief. That's okay. Jesus overcame the world system. You and I are in the kingdom of God. Now we are going to face some Goliaths. We're going to go into some fiery furnaces. We're going to face, you know, a lion's den. We're going to do all this, but we're never going to face it alone. And the battle has already been won. The victory is always ours in Christ. Biblical confession means that we agree with God. We say the same thing that he says. You know, a lot of people make fun of that. 
Oh, you're one of those confess it, possess it people. One of those blab it, grab it people. One of, right? Right? Name it and claim it. Yes. Why aren't you? I thought you told me you were saved. Now, there are some crazy name it, claim it people, right? They're just walking around, flesh ruled, going, man, I want that Rolls Royce, right? Dude, go get a job. No, no, don't want to do that. I want to live by faith. Okay, well, step number one, let me teach you how to live by faith. Read the Bible in between interviews, okay? Go get a job, right? Because God needs some seed, he, need, he needs some seed in the ground, right? So in other words, to change your life, you've got to change your words. This is of utmost importance because joy obviously comes by the answer of your mouth. So joy is a result of what you're saying. It's what you, how you're answering your circumstance. When pain hits your body, are you answering it? And how are you answering it? Oh, man, this is getting too hard. No, that's not, that's not going to get any joy out of the well, right? You're not going to get anything out of the well. But we answer it with the word of God. You'll never see anything in your life that hasn't come out of your mouth. Right? And thank God all of us have not seen everything in our life that has come out of our mouth because we're learning, right? Thank God for his mercy, right? In other words, what am I saying? Your words will locate where you are. Now, when I first heard that in church, I always thought, well, you know, I'll really be able to tell where Jeanette's at or really be able to tell where Torian's at. But then I grew a little bit. And I grew to realize, wait a minute, I'm up to here with me. So this is a good thing for me. I listen to the words that I'm speaking and I will locate where I'm at. The Holy Spirit helps me with this because he will bring to remembrance some of the ridiculous things that I say and I, I'm going too fast and I don't realize it. I'm like, oh Lord, yeah, I curse those words in Jesus' name. You almost hear down on the inside of you, thank you, right? But it'll help you. He's here to help you. Remember Matthew 12, 34. The end of that verse, for out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Does it say that? No. It says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We got to get that right because we're always, we're, we're just thinking, okay, everything's going to originate here in my mouth, but let's realize this. As you speak the word, it gets down in your heart. When it gets in abundance in your heart, it will come back out of your mouth. And so when you get in a battle, it will just happen. I remember when I played basketball. You know, I remember going down to the school. I can't get in trouble for this anymore because Stephen Decatur High School in Decatur no longer exists, so they closed it down. So, uh, you know... It's like when, I, when we drove around showing our kids where I grew up. You know, most of these places were torn down. It's like, wow, Dad, you know. There's a couple places. But like I would take spray paint and I would paint a little circle on the, on the school. And I would, literally, I would literally throw behind the back passes over and over 
and over. And there were games when I threw a pass and didn't, it, it came out of me before I mentally, right? Because I had played it. Watch, watch NFL athletes. You know, you see, you see these guys right on the out of bounds, full extension, and they catch it and have one foot inbound. That didn't just happen. They practiced that hundreds and hundreds of times. Somebody, I, Mark, I think Pastor Mark, you were telling me in the NCAA tournament, was it Gonzaga, maybe? Yeah, so, so there's like two seconds left or something crazy. They get the ball at, at, out of bounds. They're down by one or down by two points, something like that. They throw the ball in to this guy. He dribbles three times and shoots it from just inside the half court. Makes it. Everybody goes crazy. That's incredible. When they interviewed the coach after the game, he goes, oh, no, no, that's a play. We knew it was going in. We, we knew who to throw it to and what he was going to do. There was a pick set for him so he could get open right in that spot. He has literally shot that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. We were all excited when he, had the, when he got the ball and was in that. We, we didn't even need to see it go in. That's the way it gets spiritually. When that word gets so etched on your heart, you will stop putting up with stuff and you will be speaking a lot. This is so important, guys. So important. So Proverbs chapter, tw or Proverbs chapter 4, run over there. You want this thing to be a flow to where the Holy Spirit is stirring you and you're just going. As a matter of fact, if you ever, so, so here's the thing. Go home tonight and, you know, maybe get some Kool-Aid, get some water, get some different things with different colors, and then dip a sponge in it. You might not be able to tell what's in that sponge when you look at it, but if you squeeze it, you'll tell. Right? That's exactly, Satan's going to squeeze you. So just stay full. Because this is what happens. To stay full, you got to be submitted to the Lord. And when he squeezes you, you don't go backwards. You resist him, and then you get to see him flee as in terror. Now, he'll come back because he's stupid. He's spiritually dead. Right? So, But he'll come back. But listen, this is why the word, God says, I always cause you to triumph in Christ. I, I always give you the victory in Christ. Right? You are a world overcomer. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 4. This would be the prescription on how you take the word of God. We've taught on this so much. Man, I hope, I hope when we get to heaven, people will be walking around Faith Family Church going, wow. Man, he talked about that so much. Yep, they're going to be saying that too. Right? Just so much. And it's like, why do we talk about it so much? So that we do it. Right? Because this is a great passage. We, you know, we're charismatic, man. We'll holler. We'll jump. We'll do all this stuff. But we got to say it. Right? My son, attend to my words. How do you take the word of God? Attend. That means put my word first place. Amen. 
that's a challenge. It is a challenge. If you've let that slip a little bit, don't just jump back in. Don't get down on yourself. The Holy Spirit, he's not going to get down on you. He's going to want to help you. To be honest with you, tomorrow he knows everything you're going to face. So if you learn how to flow with him, man, he'll make your life a lot easier. Right? Because you really want to grow. If you, I have people ask me that question. You've got to be in the Word three times a day. Oh, pastor, you only work twice a week, and that's easy for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the world. No, no, no. We got, I mean, I don't care what it is. You got to start your day right. Sometime in the middle of the day, I don't care if you're in the bathroom. You probably have to take a lunch break or something, but even if you, you're like, I'm too busy to take lunch, then, then I'm telling you, have something on your phone, get, you, you'll never get in trouble. Just pull a, pe- pull a piece of paper out with a scripture on it and just speak it. And speak it all day. Just quote the word. And then you need, to, you need to get in the word and spend time with the Lord before you go to bed. Doing that, because I'm telling you, Satan's coming when you're sleeping. So you might as well just close all those doors before you go to bed, right? So first of all, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, not only put his word first, but give his word your undivided attention. Now that's not easy, right? You might, you might actually have to do something crazy like turn your phone off, right? It says here, Incline your ear to my sayings, verse 21, let them, which he's talking about his words, not depart from your eyes. That means you always, with the eyes of your spirit, are seeing who you are in Christ, what he's given you, who he really is, what he's doing for you. You always see yourself through your life You see who your God is. You see your part in the body of Christ. You never let the word depart from your eyes. Then you keep it in the midst of your heart. And if you really want to get big time in here, go just jump back to Joshua real quick and don't ever let it depart out of your mouth. Now that doesn't mean you keep it to yourself. No, that means you never let it depart from your mouth. It's always in your mouth. You're always talking about it, right? For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them, and they are health, health, wow, to all their flesh. Now the Amplified Classic really brings out some of the parenthetical Hebrew definitions here. So I'm going to read this to you, verses 20 through 22 in the Amplified Classic. Maybe we could pull that up as well. So it says here, my son... Pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. I like that because it brings out the Hebrew. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart for they are life to those that find them and healing and health to all their flesh. 
So here's a statement. You'll have to, you'll have to renew your mind to this. I, I don't know how else to say this, and, and it doesn't even seem great when you say it, but it's so true. God's word will minister to you beyond your mind. It'll minister to you beyond what your mind can comprehend. It goes way beyond your mind. Revelation knowledge is way, way beyond your mind, but it renews your mind. I, I, I liken it like this. There are things that I know so deeply in my spirit that it's, I, gotta, I gotta keep meditating in the word of God so that my mind can get renewed and start to catch up. So realize that the word of God is so powerful, it, it, will, it will minister to you way beyond how your mind comprehends it. So as you're sitting here tonight, your mind is comprehending some things, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, based on your hunger and your openness to him, he's imparting things into your spirit that will help you. That'll help you. You must have faith in God's word and receive God's word for it to work for you, for it to work in you. You have to have faith in it. This is why it says, when you come to my word, you have to have it first place. That, that means I'm not coming to the word of God deciding, well, if I like what I hear, I'll do it. No, you, you're not even coming to the word going, okay, uh, I got to figure out how to do this. No, no, you're just coming to the word and saying, okay, your word is enablements. If you're telling me to do something, I'm all in on this deal. Now you're going to have to help me, and he will. He's our helper, right? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 is another big scripture here. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Who's going to eat the fruit of the life that is in your tongue? They that love it. The power of the tongue, this Hebrew word power, it literally means power. That's not the primary meaning. The primary meaning is the direction of your tongue. And the he this Hebrew word gives you a picture of someone handing you something. So in other words, your tongue hands you life or your tongue will hand you death. Satan knows this. Right. Satan can't hand you death. That's right. But he, can, he has to get you to do it. Hello. Right? Life and death, or death and life are in the direction. So your tongue is your steering wheel, mm -hmm. and it's your hand. Isn't it amazing that God says, guys, your tongue can hand you life. In every, I don't know, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Let your tongue hand you life. But Pastor, I don't know what to do. Okay, step number one, stop saying that. <laughs> step number two, start saying, I know the voice of my shepherd. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Whoever is born of God is led by the Spirit of God. So I'm led by the Spirit of God. His word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. So I always know exactly where I am and exactly my next step. Now when you say that, your mind will be going, are you kidding me? But who cares? You're not led by your mind, right? You're led by the Spirit of God. We got to get our mouth in line so it can hand me some things. So simple. If it was more complicated, I probably wouldn't be doing it. You and I must get to a place that we expect everything that we speak. We expect it to happen. Walking with the Lord, meditating in his word will add weight to your words. And what I mean by that is you'll start to realize, wow, I got to be careful what I say. Because do you know all you have to do to speak all kinds of junk? Here's how, here it is. Nothing. Because you will automatically just start living out of your flesh You'll start looking at the natural realm, start getting stressed, you'll get tired. And, and you know, if you're, when you're tired, what do you need to be saying? Let the weak say I'm strong. Walk around just one day. Just, you know, okay, tomorrow, you know, from three to five, I'm just going to walk around going, man, I'm really tired. You don't want the result of that by five o'clock. You'll be in a bad mood. Everything will be going wrong, Right? No, no, that's when you need to speak. speak. What do we speak? We say what God says. Right? Hallelujah. Man, that clock is going so fast. Hallelujah. Hmm. I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Colossians chapter 3 in verse 16 makes a great statement. Colossians 3.16, it says this, it says let. That Hebrew word means you allow this. Allow the word of Christ. Allow the word of Christ to dwell, that means to inhabit, in you richly. This word richly literally means to the point of saturation. It means abundantly. It's to dwell in you. Your spirit is not a hotel. Your spirit's not a Marriott that you check in and then you check out. No, no. Your, your, the word is to literally be, it's to dwell in you. You have to allow this to happen. It doesn't happen automatically. Right? Allow the words of Christ to dwell in you richly. In all wisdom... In all wisdom. This literally means skill, expertise, skills in the affairs of life. In all wisdom, teaching, this means to impart instruction, and admonishing, and admonishing one another. Admonishing, that means encouraging. It literally means to put in mind. What are we going to do? We allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. How do we do that? In all wisdom, while we do what? Teach. We walk around encouraging each other. Putting the word 
out there for each other all the time. Not, we're not the confession police. No, no, you don't have time to be the confession police because you have this thing, like it's an inch underneath your nose, right? You got to pay attention to yours. Don't worry about everybody else's. But we do walk around encouraging and building up people in the word, telling them it's going to be okay, right? We teach and admonish one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So one of the ways worship is going to be a big part of the word dwelling in you richly. Now, that doesn't mean you go serenade somebody with the word. Now, if you have a nice voice, great. I'm never going to serenade. I serenade by talking. And my words are, you know, they're just so soothing, right? They'll just help you. Go deep in the spirit and get a good night's sleep sometimes. Many times, I'm telling you, the enemy is looking at you. Because see, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of Christians that are just parroting the word. They've been in this thing for a little while. They know a few scriptures and they speak it. Satan in Jesus' name, the word says. And he'll just sit there looking at them. I'm just, is it in them richly? Is it just coming, is that just a mental ascent thing? The Bible says you resist, you submit to the Lord and then you resist him. You stand against. That means you're speaking the word. I'm telling you, have you ever, have you ever heard somebody say something to you? Like, like you're, you're walking down the hallway at church. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How's it going? Good. And, and you're, you realize, you know, that person really wasn't listening for an answer. That just was just, versus somebody walking up to you, hey, Finise, man, how was your day today? You know, it was good. It was good. I mean, eye contact, right? That's the way Satan is, right? Have you ever noticed how many times when you try to confess the word and then all of a sudden something crazy will happen and you're like, will you knock it off? You know, and you're like, oh, shoot. That little demon's going, yeah, not richly. Not leaving, not going anywhere, right? You let the word of God dwell in you richly. So now, John, John chapter 16, let's go back there real quick. Or John chapter 15, verse 7, it says the same thing, doesn't it? John 15, 7. Look at this. If you abide in me, that means to dwell, and my words abide in you, Look at this, it says, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. The literal Greek is really interesting because it gives you a picture of God's will and your will become one. See, when you abide in him and his word is abiding in you, you will always, you're asking what you will, but what you are asking is what he wills. It's the same. Why? Because the word is dwelling in you. This is a huge thing. So now go over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 4 says this. For whatsoever, really it's whosoever, it's the Greek word pas, 
is born of God, overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Whoever is born of God, how many of you are born of God? I think I'm looking at a whole bunch of people that are born of God, right? Whoever's born of God overcomes the world. It's the cosmos. Overcomes the world system. This word overcomes is a present tense. It literally means I always overcome, present tense, the world system. And it has within this word overcome means I overcome because of the delegated authority that I've been given. I've been given the name of Jesus. I've been given his authority. So now, just because I'm born of God, now I'm to overcome the world system all the time. But then it goes on, and this is, the Holy Spirit saw fit. He wanted you to know what really the victory is. And this is the victory that overcomes the world system. It is our faith. Our faith is the victory. In other words, believing God's word in your heart and speaking God's word out of your mouth is the victory, not when the symptoms are gone and when the tumor's gone and when the doctor says, hey, there's no, no trace of sickness. No, that's not the victory. That's the result of the victory. But that's not the victory. Your faith is the victory. What I want you to see as we just take the next couple minutes here what I want you to see is this walk of faith is a walk where your eyes are fixed on Jesus, not on your body, not on your circumstances. You're not looking at your body and you, you go, oh man, my knee's not working right. Let me apply my faith to the, my knee. No, that's not how it works. Your knee is irrelevant. What's relevant is Jesus bore it. So the knee has to change. But the knee is not the focus. Jesus is the focus. That's, where, that's the little thing where so many miss it. In the Amplified Classic, it says this. For everyone born of God is victorious, is victorious, and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. I love that because the tense is right. This is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. See, my faith is equal to the Word of God that I believe. That's where I'm at. These promises from God's word that I believe are victory to me. I don't have to wait till my body changes. The minute I see that Jesus bore my sickness, I can rejoice right there because I have the victory. That's why it says when you believe you receive, you will have. Example, 1 Peter 2.24 who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. This is my victory. Right here, by whose stripes 
I was healed is my victory. With this promise, in other words, I can overcome sickness in my body. And he'll meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. With that promise that I believe I could overcome poverty and lack in my life. Do you see that? I honor God in my, with, with my substance and with the first fruits of all of my increase. And he fills my storehouses with plenty. And he causes new wine to burst out for me. I can take that scripture that I believe and get New income streams in my life, increased finances, full storehouses, because faith is the victory. This is huge. Faith always deals with things not seen and things not yet. Okay? I talked to the men a little bit about this yesterday morning. I just said it a minute ago. But what people do is people, they will see sickness in their body. And then they try to apply faith to what they see. The problem is, if you're doing that, what are you looking at? You're looking at your body. And you're going to start judging everything. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. No, no, no. Don't take, the Bible says you're not to, you're to fix your eyes on Jesus right? You must apply faith to what you cannot see. What can't you see? He sent his word and healed you. That's a spiritual truth. It, it is not subject to change. God's, you can't see God's word spoken. It's a spiritual thing. That's what you apply your faith to. Faith comes by hearing now, this, what we're talking about here, you got to really meditate on this because it's so subtle. Satan is so subtle. Guys, with you guys, you've heard so much teaching on some of these things that it's little things. It's, it's a little big thing. It's, it's, listen, you just literally have blinders on. He said, I'm healed. I believe it. That's it. Right? Body certain more tomorrow. Body. You come in line with the word of God in Jesus' name. Pain, you got to leave for it is written, it is written, it is written. I'm never moving from that and I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus and with joy I'm going to keep dwelling from the, and, and the more I stir this up, oh, Father, thank you. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. That's how, see, if somebody's like, have you ever seen this or have you ever done this? You know, I'm just, I'm just fighting the good fight of faith. I'm just believing God with every little ounce of strength. You just are like, that's really cool. And then you leave and you're like, Father, help that person. Because everything is on them. Instead of just resting. The word is true. See, you must apply faith to what you cannot see. Why? Well, what does faith do? Romans 4, 17. It calls those things which be not as though they were. So you apply faith to what you can't see. To live by faith, you must live by the unseen. You want to walk by faith? That means you live and you walk by the unseen. You're not moved by anything that's seen because anything that's seen is subject to change 
But whatever's not seen, it's not subject to change. Unbelief operates according to what you can see and feel in this natural realm. That's how it operates. Faith operates according to the spirit realm. Faith says, it's mine, I have it now. That's what faith says. You must take, and I'll close with this. I said this to the guys Tuesday morning. You must take the step of believing to come to the place of knowing. When I hear, I met, see what happens. I'm facing something in my life and I go get two or three scriptures that tell me what God's will is in this situation. If it's healing, I get some scriptures and I start meditating on them. I don't sit here and think I know them. I need revelation knowledge. I need to go deeper in them. I need the word to be working mightily in me. And I start meditating in those scriptures. And I'm, now what's happening is my eyes are completely on Jesus. They're completely on, oh Lord, you sent your word and healed me. This is why a strong spirit can sustain a person in physical illness. Because when their body's hurting, they're still keeping their eyes on the Lord. They're still keeping his word in their heart coming out of, the, out of their mouth. It's amazing what that'll do to your physical body. So now I've got my eyes fixed on this. It is written, it is written, it is written, I am the healed, Right? So this is how I'm walking. And when I hear the word of God, tell me, Tony, I've redeemed you from the curse of the law. I make a choice and I believe that. And then what do I do? I go from that choice of believing and I start walking. And the more I walk, the more I know. The more I know. This is why eternal life is what? It's knowing the one true God. And Jesus whom he sent. Knowing that, listen, if I'm in the fire, I'm not alone. Knowing that he bore my pain. He carried my sickness. By his stripes, I'm healed. He meets all of my needs. See, this is intimate fellowship. The more you walk like this, when you hear people say, oh, you know, God's not, he doesn't always heal. It almost makes you just like, like oh my gosh. How can you say that about God? Do you, do you even know him? And yes, people know him. They just don't know him as their healer. But this is how we walk, guys. I hope this is helping you a little bit. Man, so much more could be said, but I think we've said enough to grab onto some things. God wants you well. He wants you healed. He wants you walking. Whatever the desires of your heart are, that I mean, as you delight in the Lord, he'll give them to you. And man, he'll bring all of them to pass. And here's the way he brings them to pass. Every good and every perfect gift. So he's not going to heal your body 80%. Right? He's not going to heal everything in your body but your pinky. It's just going to stay bent for you to always remember that you need God. Oh my gosh. Read the book of James. Every good and every perfect gift. Right? It comes from above. He wants you to have it. And all that he does in your life and through your life, all that is manifested in your life will bring him glory. It won't bring you glory. It'll bring you a lot of joy, 
Because all of it, every gift is just dripping with the fact that, wow, he just loved, why did God do that for me? He just loves me. 